Good morning, everybody. What an awesome presence of the Lord. Amen. Father, we just love you today. We love you. We thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, we thank you for your word that goes forth unhindered into the hearts of your people. Lord, it takes root in the hearts. We thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, and we all said, Amen. Amen. I'm going to begin today with prophetic word by Dr. Savell, given on January the 16th of this year. And it said, in 2022, we'll continue to be challenging, but much better than the previous two years. Thank God for that. There will be strong opposition from two distinct forces, light and darkness. Satan will do all that he can, listen, to lull God's people into a spiritual slumber. Let me repeat that. Satan will do all he can to lull God's people into a spiritual slumber so that he can keep them from enjoying God's best. See, God wants to open his hand to you and give to you of his goodness, of his mercy, of his kindness. But Satan wants to lull you to sleep so that you're not, as, as it says in Psalms 145, looking, watching, and expecting. That's what Dr. Savell has been talking about. Looking, watching, and expecting. Well, you will not be looking, watching, and expecting if you're asleep. If you're in slumber. So Satan wants to cause you to fall into a state of spiritual slumber. Lethargy. Apathy. But on the other hand, God at the same time will be drawing you to spend more quality time with Him. And His Word so that you can remain strong and win every battle. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants you to win every battle. We're going to begin in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 2 says, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Verse 4. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a son or daughter of the light. Verse 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober. Now, this passage is written to Christians. It's not talking about sleep as in you are not born again. It's written to Christians. It says, so we're, we're of the light, we're not of the darkness. Another scripture says, walk 
as children of the light. It says, therefore, let us not sleep. I studied this word sleep, and it metaphorically it means, listen, to yield to sloth and sin and to be indifferent to one's salvation. The word sleep means to yield to sloth and sin and be indifferent to one's salvation. The word sloth means slumber, laziness. It means inactivity. And it means lethargy. It says to yield to sloth and sin or be indifferent to one's salvation. That word indifferent means to be detached. It means to be apathetic. It means to be disinterested. It means to be inattentive. Nonchalant. Uncaring. Heartless. Passionless. And unimpressed. COVID had an underlying purpose to kill, steal, and destroy, but also to lull God's people into a state of spiritual slumber with all of the things. And God's people losing hope. And in despair. Seemingly that we're not winning. Seemingly that the enemy's winning. What can I do anyway? Causing God's people to draw back. And so we come to a place of being nonchalant in a place of routine. Now, routinely, it's good to go to church. Amen. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself. That's a good routine to be in. But we're not new to the word of God anymore. We've heard the word. In fact, This state of slumber causes people to say, I've already heard that. Faith, I've heard it. Let me tell you what I know about faith. Healing, I've got faith to be healed on my own. Prosperity, oh yeah, we're blessed. We're highly favored, prosperous. And so, as a state, we are unimpressed with what the preacher brings to the pulpit. We sit back and say, impress me, preacher. Tell me something that I haven't heard before. I've been saved for 35 years. And so some preachers have gone, you know, to to use extreme means to hold people's attention as if the eternal word of God isn't enough. 
As if this won't make a difference anymore. (laughs) People stopped coming to church through this time. Racism was at an all-time high. Division, disunity, economic woes, people dying all around us. Gas prices going up, the highest that we've seen in years. Cancel culture. The woke generation, very sneaky, because one of the things that came out in this is people saying, don't shame me. And so therefore, we, they, they glorify the behavior that they're in and you're not allowed to shame, quote unquote, shame them. And so governments now put restrictions on the Word of God in the name of not shaming someone that it's a hate crime now. And so that thinking, if that thinking gets in the church, God's people living in the world, but we're not supposed to be conformed by the thinking of the world, think that shaming is the same thing as conviction. Sin brings guilt, shame, and condemnation. Sin does. God's Word brings conviction. The truth of God's Word brings conviction that brings freedom to people. Freedom from bondage. Freedom from chains. Deliverance out of those things. Let me talk to the young people for a minute. While I'm hot. <laughs> you young people, you're indoctrinated through social media, watching these videos all day. You're being taught what to laugh at, how to think, how to respond, doing your thumb like this the whole day. And you can't sit an hour in church and listen to the preacher without talking to your buddy next to you. You're cutting up in church. (laughs) I don't know why it's me delivering this. (laughs) I cried over this. But this is serious. This is about eternal life or death. Hours and hours and hours spent on social media. It has become addiction to many people. Why? Because the videos are entertaining. Impress me. And so people go out and about kill themselves to impress people through a video. I'm preaching pretty good. And so we get up and deliver the Word of God and all of this gets filtered in the church. And that attitude can come on God's people. 
the Israelites were no longer impressed after God rescued them out of Egypt. There was a cloud by day and a fire by night. And God split the Red Sea. And they sang and danced and celebrated. They were at the Red Sea about to die. The enemy's closing in on them. And they sang, uh, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. The Lord, my God, my strength, my song, started on high key, has now become my victory. <laughs> they sang this, they danced, they praised. Imagine you've seen this miracle at the Red Sea. Your enemy is now defeated. You're walking out on the other side. Praise God. And folks, three days later, they were unimpressed. They were indifferent to the salvation that God had brought them out of. The bondage that God had brought them out of. Has God brought you out of anything? When he got upset with them, was in Psalm 78 records this account that they forgot his works. Young people, you cannot make heaven on your parents' faith. You have to have your own faith. It's up to you. (laughs) They forgot. It says that they forgot the miracles and the working of his hand. He had done all these things. Water from a rock. Food from heaven. And they still ask, can God? Like testing Him. Yeah, but God did that, but can He? Yeah, but you don't know my situation. God Can God? And it's all because they forgot. And so you know what they did, naturally? Complain about the preacher. Because after all, you know, tell me something that'll help me. But hearing the word is a two-way street. There's the preaching of the word. There's the receiving of the word. And so when a person becomes spiritually lethargic or indifferent to their salvation, how much faith can they be operating in? So how can the Word take root in their heart and make a difference 30, 60, 100 fold? The sower sows the Word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things have choked the Word. 
But God's trying to get the Word to them and in them. Why? So they can live every day victorious every day. So they can experience the open hand every day. Because that's the life God has for us. It's a good life. It's super abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Dreams that you've never even dreamed. Dreams that you put down when you were a kid are still in there. And God can do anything. He's still God. He's still on the throne. And let me tell you, he who sits in the heavens laughs. He sees you. He sees your situation. He knows what you're going through. He knows what we're going through as a body. And his word to you today is do not sleep. And it goes on to say, as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary walks around like a roaring lion. What? Seeking whom he may devour. Well, it's easy to devour someone that's asleep. Because they're not expecting it. And so God is gently saying to us today, <laughs> like my mom used to from the bottom of the stairs it's time to get up to go to school Eric wake up now wake up and she would come up and she would just tap me on the hand very gently Eric wake up Wake up now. Come on. Get up and go to school. She would sing to me. (laughs) Rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. Rise and shine. Give God the glory, glory. Rise and shine now. Give God the glory, glory. Children of the Lord. Now, when you're not a morning person, this can be somewhat of an irritant. So you're going to sing the second verse, Mom? God told Noah to go build an arky, arky. Have you heard that one? God told Noah, go build an arky, arky. Build it out of gopher, barky, barky. But Dad was different. Dad was all business. After Mom had come up and gently awakened me, to rise and shine. Now it's dad's time. Eric, get up. Do you hear me? You don't want me to come up those stairs, son. Get up. And sometimes that didn't work. So the next time when he's coming up the stairs, the next time he has water and a cup. And it only took me a couple of times to figure out that he meant business and that that water was going all over me, all over my pillow, all over my sheets. But guess what? I got up. One time he came to the top of the stairs after this series of events. 
and I heard him coming. And so I jumped up out of bed, started sprinting to the bathroom, and he didn't have a cup this time. It was like a pitcher. And he threw it from the top of the stairs into my bedroom. It went all over my bed, all over my wall, and I had uh, baseball pennants on the wall. It hit the LSU, it hit the Kentucky, the purple bled on the wall from the LSU pennant. So whether God needs to gently wake you up today or slap you around and shake you, the message is to not fall asleep as those as others have. And to watch. That word watch means to give strict attention to. To be active. Faith is active. Faith without works is what? And so when someone says they have faith, James said to James says, show me your faith through your works. Show me your actions, and I'll show you if you have faith or not. It means, watch means to take heed less through carelessness and laziness and indifference. Some destructive calamity come on you. It means to watch. Jesus was in the garden. He said, stay here and pray. And he went back. And the disciples were asleep. The ones that walked with Jesus. He said, could you not pray one hour? Could you not pray one hour? hour (laughs) and again he went back a second time and they were asleep again and again he went back a third time and they were asleep again and then he said are you still sleeping behold the hour is at hand church behold the hour is is at hand. The return of our Lord Jesus. The end of the end of times. The hour is at hand. Let us not sleep, but let us watch. Hebrews 2.1 says in the New American Standard, for this reason, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. That's why Dr. Savell has been talking about going back to the basics, the basic foundations, the basic principles. Every business, every good business, every good sports team, or whatever analogy you want to use, has a good foundation, which to build upon. If you don't have a good foundation, then you have... You, you can't you can only build so high. We need to build this kingdom of God, not only worldwide, but for this community, Crowley, Texas. And so our foundation must be wide and it must be deep. 
in the foundational principles of the Word of God. That means the most simple message. As a hearer, I can grab onto the Word and I can get a new revelation every time. Revelation 16, verse 15 says, Behold, I'm coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches. Blessed is he who watches. Blessed is he who watches. And keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. That's someone that watches is someone that's active in faith. It's someone that hasn't given up. It's someone that hasn't fallen asleep. Jesus said, he who endures to the end will be saved. What that tells me is that in the end times, there will be people that won't endure. Or else he wouldn't have said it. He who endures to the end will be saved. That means we can't give up. He who endures to the end will be saved. He who endures to the end will be saved. Stay in faith. Don't quit. Say that with me. He who endures to the end will be saved. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm enduring till the end. The Passion Translation says it like this. Hold your hope firmly to the end and you will experience life and deliverance. What kind of life? The God kind. Last scripture. Can you handle one more? Revelation chapter 3. Verse 15, Jesus is talking to the church. Christians. He says, I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Well, that doesn't sound too pleasant. He says, I know your works. If you study that out, it means I know your deeds or actions. Your deeds are actions that complete your inner desires. That's what he's talking about. Your deeds are actions that complete your inner desire. He says, you're neither hot nor cold. The word cold means frigid. It means destitute of desire for holiness. Empty. And really what that word is dealing with is someone that is not born again. The word hot doesn't just mean hot, it means boiling hot. Did you know that the difference between hot water and boiling hot water is one degree. At 211 degrees, water is hot, but it is not boiling. But at 212 degrees, one degree. 
Jesus said to the rich young ruler, this one thing you lack. One thing. He said, but Lord, you know, I've done this. I've done that. You know, I've kept all the commandments. I'm pretty good. And he said, this one thing you lack. One thing. One thing can keep you from being boiling hot. One thing. It's that very one thing that he wants you to surrender to him. Withholding nothing. Because after all, did he withhold anything from you? He gave everything. It says, I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, this word lukewarm means tepid and warm. The word tepid means lacking in passion. It's marked by an absence of enthusiasm or conviction. Metaphorically speaking, it's a condition of a soul that fluctuates between this word torpor and fervor of love. The word torpor means it's a state of mental and motor inactivity. It's a state of constant entertainment where you don't have to think anymore. Jesus said, the love of many will grow cold because lawlessness will abound. It's a people that have no regard or value for the law. Well, I thought we were under grace, not under the law. He's written His law on our hearts. We become... We can become indifferent, nonchalant, disinterested, lacking passion. One commentator said, There is more hope for an unconverted sinner than of him who, having once been roused to the sense of God's will, has relapsed into a state of self-satisfied indolence, indifference, and carelessness. So he goes on to say, Are you okay? So he goes on to say, because. Says you're lukewarm. I wish you were hot or cold. And I'm about to, is how that's translated, I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. And it says, because you say. Because you say. I am rich. Because you say. I'm wealthy. I I have no need of anything. And then he says, but you don't know that. I say, you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. There is quite a difference of opinion here. (laughs) Between what these people think of themselves... And where they are with God. And then what Jesus says 
of them and where they are with God. I wonder who's right. (laughs) These were people that, uh, I read a couple of commentaries on this. And one commentator says that Christ was about to reject them for being in this tepid state, uh, beginning with self-satisfaction, which led to self-deception. They were very proud of their intellectual wealth. So in other words, they knew the word so well, they could quote the word. Oh yeah, I know that verse, preacher. They were very intellectually wealthy in the Word, where that was concerned. But they become self-complacent and became puffed up with vain philosophy and they learned to be satisfied with their spiritual state and to believe the best of themselves. Do you see how sneaky this is? And then to believe in themselves. I have no need of anything. So why should a man repent? After all, he's good of his goodness. Why should a man repent of his goodness if he doesn't believe he's bad? Now, I'm not talking about not understanding who you are in Christ. I'm talking about taking that to a whole other level. And now we don't depend on God anymore. You know, you can learn the principles of the Word and it works. There are worldly people that practice godly principles and it works in their life. So the word works. The Pharisee didn't know he was a Pharisee. I'm not saying you're all Pharisees. But if he would have known he's a Pharisee, then he wouldn't have been one. It's self-deception. Another commentator said this, that one cause of this indifference to to someone's salvation is self-conceit and self-delusion. And he said this, how careful should we not be? How careful should we be to not cheat our own souls? I don't know about you, but when the Lord began to download this to me, I I grieved, I, I cried. I said, Lord, I don't want to be indifferent towards you. And really, that's the people that have lost their thankfulness and not remembered the works that He's done in your life. He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed. 
that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eyesight that you may see. He says this, As many as I love, He loves you. He said, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. The New Living Translation says, Be diligent and turn from your indifference. I'll ask you again. Has God made a difference in your life? Has Jesus made a difference? Has, is there anybody that's thankful for the blood of Jesus that washes us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness? Is there anybody that's thankful that we can come boldly to the throne of grace that we no longer require an animal sacrifice, but we can come boldly to the throne of grace to get help, to get mercy. You know what mercy is for? You know who it's for? Mercy is for someone that's messed up so that they don't get what they deserve. And the Bible says that God is merciful because that he's rich in mercy because of his great love. I don't know about you, but he's healed my body. There's been times where he's brought me out of a dark place And that's when we come to the Lord and we say, Lord, please forgive me. You know, I think there's something still very precious in old school, I call it old school, asking God for something. Because we know the word, you know, we can bind, loose, We can, you know, quote scripture. But there's a lot of humility in going to the Lord and saying, Lord, will you do this for me? Then after that, after we repent, that's when we don't allow guilt, shame, and condemnation. Because now it's under the blood of Jesus and it's washed away forever. So I just sat there in my office. I said, Lord, forgive me for my indifference. Forgive me for not being as thankful as I ought to be. Forgive me that I've 
made this a routine and I mean, when we get to heaven, there won't be any routine. We'll be around the throne, the angels circling. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And every time they circle, they see something new because He's a creator. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. He spoke these words to me this past week. He said, there's a turning. There's a turning. There's a turning. There's a turning. How do we prepare for the coming of the Lord? John the Baptist was sent as a forerunner to prepare the way of the Lord. One translation says, he was saying, prepare your hearts for his coming. Because after all, we can't take anything with us. What are we going to prepare? I'm going to bake some cookies for God. So that when Jesus shows up, I'm going to have some hot chocolate chip cookies. Like Santa Claus. No, we prepare in our hearts. To make, it says to make the paths straight. So Jesus doesn't have to step all around your issues. But you've made, the, you've made that right with him. There's a clear path in our hearts for his coming. For out of the heart, spring up the issues of life. Understand the times that we're in. Times of great distraction. To get God's people distracted and unfocused and not be single-minded with one purpose, single of heart. And that's what he's saying to this church. And that's our message today. Don't sleep. Hey, stay awake. You have never seen Mankind has never seen the magnificence of what God's about to do in the earth. When he says, I'm going to open my hand, you, you go study, which Dr. Savell's talked about it for several weeks, but you go study his mighty hand and his outstretched arm. Would you stand with me this morning? One final scripture. 
Actually, I, the Lord won't let me go there yet. This, this is a moment. Let's all, let's all just lift our hands for a moment. And I want you to talk to the Lord, just you and God. What's in your heart? Where have you been? Would you say you're boiling hot or would you say you're somewhere in between somewhere? And just talk to God. I hear this. He's turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. And some of you that are elderly, the Lord is asking you to re-engage in the young people. Not that you've given up, but make it an emphasis. Because we need your wisdom We need your wisdom in this hour. So Lord, Lord as a corporate body, Lord if there has been lethargy and apathy and indifference, we repent today. Lord, things that have distracted us, Lord, forgive us for forgive us for falling for it. And thank you for opening our eyes today. That we may walk step in step with you in these last days. And hear the voice of your Holy Spirit. Go here, don't go there. Pray for this one. Smile at that one. Give to this one. Lord, may you raise up a mighty army. Lord, we say, use us. We say, we enlist in this army. Lord, we will be the army of these last days. Lord, we'll use our authority. We'll command things. Lord, you've given us power over the devil. Lord, we'll cast out demons. We'll speak with other tongues. We'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Use us, Lord. And we thank you for it. My... uh, my wife's dad is a James Bond. You know, he likes James Bond movies. James Bond would always go, you know, for a drink, and he would say, 
I want it shaken, not stirred. But the Lord said, you should be stirred and not shaken. And so Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 says, do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And like Dr. Savell says, when you believe that, you know, you're up against the wall, that's every indication that the devil has fired his best shot and you're still standing, praise God. This is an unshakable kingdom. And do you see, this is in the message translation, do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship. Deeply reverent before God. For God is not an indifferent bystander. He's actively cleaning house. Torching all the needs to burn. And He won't quit until it's all cleansed. God Himself is fire. So Lord, may the Word of God burn. May it burn. May it burn within our hearts. May it burn within our hearts. We stir up this word today. We thank you for it. We thank you for your fire. Jeremiah wanted to quit. But he had so much word in his heart, not in his head, in his heart. He said, Lord, your word is like a fire. I can't contain it. When you're on fire, you're bold. Because the fire will bring a boldness in your life. You don't care what other people think. You're bold. And the Holy Spirit brings the fire power in our life. 